Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast. This is episode number 175, entitled Having a System for Word of Mouth Marketing with Jason Resnick. It was published on Thursday the 16th of April 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and before we get stuck into the podcast, let's just do a little bit of housekeeping. Head over to wpbuilds.com. There you'll find everything that we produce. It's mostly to do with WordPress, and we do produce rather a lot of content. So if you're into WordPress, you should probably be into WP Builds. WPBuilds.com forward slash subscribe might be a good place to go first because over there you're going to be able to find a whole heap of ways of keeping in touch with all the things that we produce. So, for example, there's a couple of lists that you can sign up for. One of them will alert you to the content that we produce, like the podcast that you're listening to now. And the other one will alert you whenever we find a WordPress deal that's come out. So, for example, if, let's say, Gravity Forms suddenly had 40% off, not that they ever would, but you never know, you would hear about it via that email. So, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. On that page, you can also sign up to us on your favorite podcast player and you know listen to us regularly and also there's things like our facebook group of over 2500 wordpressers and youtube channel and so on and so forth Another link to look at would be wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. I keep saying it's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week there's a whole bunch of coupon codes over there that you can use to get a significant amount off your WordPress products. And they're there 365 days of the year. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's searchable and filterable, so it's nice and easy to use. And the last one is wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. If you are the owner of a theme or a plugin, or in fact anything to do with WordPress, you could get your product or service in front of a WordPress-specific audience. So wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise, and I'm sure that we'd love to have you on the podcast. Okay, what have we got for you this week? Well, this week I'm chatting with Jason Resnick. Jason is based in the US and he's got this idea of word of mouth marketing. I kind of feel like this is something that everybody needs to pay attention to. And what I mean by that is kind of feels like we've over the last few years, gone a little bit down the automation route too far. Everything has been automated. Everything's been made super slick and easy to do. But I wonder sometimes if we're thinking about the person who's receiving this stuff, is it enough just to be able to put in a little code which types in their first name and their last name and adds a salutation, that kind of thing? Do we need to be a little bit more thoughtful about this? Well, Jason Resnick has his five pillars of word of mouth marketing. And honestly, some of it is just absolutely wonderful. It's so refreshing to hear somebody talking about the personal touch. So I would highly recommend it. I hope you enjoy it. Hello there. Welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Thanks for getting so far in and uh, staying with us until the interview section. Today, all the way from the United States, I have Jason Resnick. Hello, Jason. Hey, how's it going, Nathan? Yeah, good, thanks. Jason's on the call today. We decided a little while ago that we were going to talk about kind of word of mouth marketing. It's not a subject that I have a great deal of experience in, so this is all going to be a bit fresh to me. Maybe some of the questions that I ask won't be exactly on message, but hopefully between the two of us, we'll manage to navigate our way through it. Do you want to just, first of all, tell our listeners, Jason, a little bit about you, your background, your relationship with WordPress and so on? Sure. Uh, as you said, my name is Jason Resnick, uh, better known as Res with three Zs online. And I've been in WordPress since about 2012 full time. Uh, I've been dabbling in WordPress probably since about 2008 in some form or fashion. But in, when I started my own business, uh, I was very much a generalist. I was doing Ruby on Rails projects and PHP projects and, and things of that nature, as well as WordPress. But what I found out was that I was getting burned out and mm. chasing my tail constantly, uh, relearning things that I hadn't worked on for several months. And so when I got to that point, I basically looked at my entire business, 
both from an internal perspective, but from a client perspective as well. And I found that what my clients were really needing was a solution that they weren't always consistently in their website for hours on end every single day. Mm -hmm. So they were looking to me to build them a solution that they could manage, a website that they could put products on, content on, update at will, but not necessarily all the time. And so WordPress was the solution. I came from an e-commerce background. I've always loved working in e-commerce, uh, you know, just the problems that mm-hmm. uh, we solve as far as e-commerce developers all go. Um, and, you know, just case in point, when I first started, this was the early 2000s, as, <laughs> as, as old as it sounds, at the turn of the century, if you will, <laughs> um, the, the problem was just having somebody put in a credit card. Yeah. And now we don't even blink Right. Like it's just, yeah. hey, here's my here's my card and send me the thing. So the problems that exist as from a developer standpoint are definitely unique and a lot of human behavior. And mm-hmm. so for me, I've always been attracted to that when a lot of developers repelled from that. Um, and so I planted my flag working on WooCommerce sites um, and WooCommerce uh, subscriptions for WooCommerce sites. Um, and that's, that's been my bread and butter, so to speak of the business on the services side for, uh, the better part of a decade. Okay. So you've got a real, real interesting and rich heritage. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to try navigating the subject of, um, kind of like word of mouth marketing. Is, is that the right word? Is there, is there an actual noun to describe word of mouth marketing or is, is that what it is? Yeah. So here's the here's the funny or not funny thing but when you ask somebody anybody that's providing services development design writing marketing those sort of kind of services you say what's your number one lead generation tactic or strategy chances are they get to say word of mouth hmm. um, and then i always follow that up with oh that's that's interesting well what what are you doing to make that happen I would say nine times out of ten, they say, "Oh, it's it's really just by chance. Yeah, like, there's no, it's by accident, or you know, there's nothing that I'm doing. It just happens." And so, when you add marketing to the end of that, you're actually defining a strategy that results in somebody sharing your service with someone else that they know that they have a, a trusted relationship with. Hmm. So, adding marketing to it means that there's some intent. There's actually a strategy put forth that you want some expectant results of, right? And so when I talk about word of mouth marketing, I'm actually talking about some strategies that I've implemented in my business that has worked for me since 10 plus years. Um, And so it's basically a system of, of five pillars, if you will, in my business that have worked for me for a long, long time that continuously bring me in leads and referrals into my business every single month. Okay, let's get into those five pillars in a minute. I'm just interested, though, the the kind of word of mouth always feels to me as if it's more small scale, if you know what I mean. It feels like it's more cottage industry and the reason I say that is simply because you know one person has to speak to another person and that that feels like a much more intimate relationship but I presume though that this it can scale it could go up to agency level and beyond you know up to enterprise level because uh, presumably people are willing to endorse brands you know this is my Mm -hmm. favorite bank for example even though I'm not really talking about a particular person at the bank I'm just talking about the bank so mm-hmm. it, it works on any level. It's not just one-to-one freelance style um, businesses. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It definitely, I mean, look at Apple, yeah. right? Like, I mean, one of the biggest brands and, and people love their iPhone. They love their MacBook. They love their iPad, right? And mm-hmm. they talk about these things. And even just as a Mac convert myself, um, you know, I was very much a PC-driven developer and I'd throw Linux on it and things of that nature. And but when somebody that I trusted said, Hey, you should just go get a Mac. And this was years ago. I haven't looked back since. Right. And so because of that relationship that I have with that person that recommended me to Macintosh at the time or Apple and 
And so that was just, it, it's that trust factor that you have with somebody else. And it's, it can happen at scale. Mm. Now, the thing is for my business, I realized I wanted to stay small. I'm a solo operated business, right? And so for me, I don't need a thousand leads coming into my business every single month. Uh, I don't even need the leads that I do get into my business every single month, to be honest. But what it does is when you put certain systems in place, now you have a pipeline that of highly qualified leads into your business because they know what you can do because they've learned about it from somebody else. And it's specific enough to for them to be able to be closer to the buying decision. Right? Mm. So you don't have to educate them. You don't have to, they're aware of their problem. They're, they've sort of considered other people. And now if they're, my experience is they're talking to five or six other people and they've only gotten one recommendation and that's you. Well, they're already leaning towards you because of their friend or yeah. colleague or somebody yeah. else. I think, um, I think I can't remember the phrase that you used earlier, but it was something like the, you know, my word of mouth is important to me, but it's completely by accident. You know, it's chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose in, in a sense, if you don't have a process for monitoring how people are, are right, you know, in other words, if you don't ask the new client, well, where did you hear about me or have some sort of process to see if the word of mouth is effective, then you are going to be um, misled, I suppose, into thinking that this is all just complete and utter chance and you can't do anything to um, nurture it and improve it. Yeah. I mean, what's funny is that when, and you tell me if you found this to be your experience as well, is that a lot of times when somebody is referred to me, they say, so-and-so mentioned that you do this. Mm. And so they name drop because they, well, their perception is if they name drop, then they're going to get a better experience because I already helped them out. They were a client. I want to keep them happy, those sort of things. So chances are good that you're going to know where they came from in the first place. But I most certainly ask anytime somebody comes into my world, whether it's via email, whether it's through my website, whether it's through a phone call, I will reach out and say, before I dive in, would you mind letting me know how you heard about me? I would just love to know so that I could reach back and say thanks. And it's all as simple as that. And I've never had somebody say, well, I don't want to give that up, <laughs> right? Like yeah. there's no reason not to. Yeah. And so for me, it's been a unique experience to see where people come from. And then I just put it in my CRM so that then I know I can do some reporting on that to see where all my referrals are coming from, where Mm -hmm. my second and third tier referrals coming from and so forth. So the, the craziness is, is that we often think that, you know, word of mouth marketing, if we ask for a referral seems a little bit salesy or, you know, used car salesman like or something of that nature. It's, it seems like we're bugging them, right? Well, the crazy thing is, is I'm such a d- data geek. I went and did a little bit of research on this. And what happens is, is that 75% of people don't believe advertisements. Oh, yeah. So I'm firmly in the, that 75%. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if that's the case, then how do people market? How do businesses market? Well, 92% believe recommendations from friends. Okay. 62% will actually look for reviews before purchasing. So with those two numbers there, well, if you spark inspiration to someone, and that's really what word of mouth marketing is, is sparking someone to refer you, right? Yeah. To nudge them along, to say, hey, I can do this. If you know somebody, I would appreciate an introduction. And that's really all it is, is, just word of mouth marketing is sparking the inspiration for somebody to refer you. Yeah. And by doing that, you're creating a, you're making them a connector. Mm-hmm. And the win-win there is that even if it's a past client or maybe even a colleague, right? So if, you know, I have WooCommerce developers that I refer work to all the time. Um, if I don't have the bandwidth, but I know that they can take care of them. So, I'll just refer them the work Mm. and it creates, makes me feel better that the lead is in good hands. And it also creates this moment in time where the lead says, Hey, Jason was able to refer me to somebody else and solve my problem. 
maybe next time I need some work, I'll go back to Jason. Yeah. Do do you, do you incentivize the people who are um, spreading your message, if you like? So the people who who you you hope will be your advocate and are, are going to go out to the world and in some way uh, spread the good the good news about what you do. Do you offer them anything in return, or do you feel that's maybe a step too far, and then it, some, it like crosses a boundary somehow? Um, well, I, I haven't. Mm. Um, I you know I just look at it from kind of two sides, right? So I understand if we're specifically talking about let's say a client or a past client, right? Um, somebody that I don't have a relationship outside of the the project that we're working on per se. So in that case, I've never had to incentivize somebody to share my name with Mm -hmm. them. I just create an experience with me, right? And so what I mean by that is, is I try to look at my business from my client's eyes a lot of times. And am I creating this experience that is unique or am I creating moments in time that are unique or am I just another developer that they've worked with in the past and Mm. so by creating a a unique experience that's good provides value does something differently in the marketplace that's going to create that moment in time that when somebody when they when the client if you will hears that somebody else needs WooCommerce work my name pops up Mm. Um, but I do see the other side of the coin there is that to generate more referrals, people incentivize discounts and things of that nature. I just I feel that almost when you do that, you're just incentivizing the referral to get the discount. Mm-hmm. So the lead isn't going to be as good. Um, now, that's just my assumption. Um, but I've heard of I actually had a conversation with somebody on Twitter about this a couple months ago. And what she did was to just ramp up her business. She was just inside of a year, I believe, working. And she was a designer. And what she did was she wanted to build up a portfolio. So instead of doing spec work, what she said was in her contracts, she said, this is going to cost X dollars. Um, But on the back end of it, if you refer me clients and I close those clients, I will give you Y dollars back on your project. Nice. So I thought that was super smart because she's not incentivizing the referral. She's incentivizing the close. Yeah. Right. So now those leads are going to be a little bit more of a higher quality. Yeah. And if it actually, you know, there's, it's a nice quid pro quo, isn't it? You get um, a new client say, and the person, Mm -hmm. your advocate also gets a a benefit i suppose at some point you get straight into the murky waters of like affiliates and things like that don't you and whether these people become um uh, so persuasive and so useful to you referring people that they they are almost an affiliate to you but um i suppose that that is part of the part of the subject um with this it all seems like you, you don't really have much control over it you know and you don't really have too much it sounds like you've got a much more strong handle on it than than I ever had. But because you're talking to people that you've worked with and you've then just asked them in some polite way to go out and if you feel inclined, please refer people, that's, that's where your contact with that whole process ends until the phone rings or somebody knocks on your door and says, I would like you to build me a website or what have you. So it's kind of like a gray area. You don't know what they're going to say. You can't. You don't have control of that messaging. You can't be sure what words they're going to use to describe you, whether they're going to promote you in the way that you see fit, promote the actual things that you want to be promoted for. So it's uh, interesting from that point of view because the, the the conversation is totally out of your hands. Well, yes and no. Yeah. Um, so here's the interesting thing. So when I first realized that word of mouth was my number one lead generator, I actually didn't know that word of mouth was so prevalent for me until somebody asked me what my number two lead generation tactic was. Right. And this was back when I spoke at WordCamp New York City. And after the fact, they asked me, and I said, well, number two, why do you want to know what the number two? And then 
they said, well, I'm presuming that word of mouth is number one, so I'm curious what you're doing else, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's a smart question. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know at the time, and I told this person that, and I just came up with whatever my best educated guess was. But when I went back, it was actually vendor relationships and vendor referrals. Mm -hmm. So I had you know, built a relationship with Prosperous and Brent and the, the team there, and a, a couple of other different plugins and things, and Pippin was one of them. And so they were referring me work. So they weren't past clients, they weren't leads, they weren't colleagues, they were people that I was working on their platforms and just interacting with their support team and because their product base and their platform base, well, they were actually referring me work for the custom stuff. They were only concerned about their product. So at that point in time, I said, Oh, so my number one and two are also word of mouth. Mm. So that's interesting, right? And so what I wound up doing then at that point in time was, okay, how do I spark leads to do this, right? How Because that's my number one. It, it's At that point in time, it was more by chance and things. So the first thing that I ever did was add a PS at the bottom of particular emails. Hmm. Uh, email is something that I'm in all day long. It's how I communicate weekly status updates, things of that nature. And so what I did was add a PS at the bottom of basically milestone emails, uh, some weekly status emails, things where there was an emotional high attached to it. And the PS really only stated a, a, a simple sort of a template, if you will, hmm. right? And it was just to say, hey, look, um, you know, I really enjoyed working on this so that we could accomplish fill in the blank. If you know anybody else that has a similar fill in the blank, that's the problem, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't mind an e introduction to, and I could take it from there. Mm. So basically, in that sentence there, I'm identifying the solution and I'm ad identifying the problem. So I'm sparking the thought in their head that oh, yeah, Jason is looking for people that have this problem and he can solve it by this. Mm. So rather than knowing or really not knowing what they're talking to or who they're talking to rather and what they're saying, my hope, right, or my intent there is, is that they're only going to be talking to subscription uh, WordPress, uh, subscription WooCommerce, developers mm -hmm. that or people that are using those two plugins and they're looking for custom development work mm. and so that once i started doing that and adding that ps on particular emails that's when i started noticing a higher quality of lead coming into my business because prior to that it was anybody and anybody that <laughs> needed a website right but i didn't want to do that i didn't want to just build websites I wanted to do a specific task. And the second thing that I did was, because of the vendor relationships, kind of sparked a little bit of a warm outreach thought in my head. Now, warm outreach, I mean, we're all familiar with cold outreach, just mm -hmm. these random emails that you get from someone that you have no idea who they are mm. asking you for something, <laughs> all to their benefit. Right? Well, warm outreach is reaching out to somebody who you do know that you have a relationship with, they understand who you are and what you do, and just sparking saying, sparking that inspiration, if you will, to say, hey, I have some availability in my schedule. If you happen to know anybody, and it's a similar format to the PS that has this problem, I can help them with this. Wouldn't mind it, eat it, an introduction. And it's just a friendly kind of casual email that you send maybe once a year to your colleagues, your, your past clients, things of that nature that then allows them, while it may not be an immediate reply, hmm. it allows them to then be aware like, oh, that's right. I did hear somebody talk about this a week ago or Six months from now, they say, oh, yeah, you know what? I had an email back. I think there was this guy named Jason, right? And so it just triggers this little hmm. thought, plants hmm. a seed in their head where they then can refer you work. And I'll tell you, I still get emails from those emails 
that happened like last year, six months ago, okay. 12, you know, 10 months ago. And it's funny when it comes through because it's like, oh, this does work. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that's interesting. Do you, uh, do you take the approach that, so you said that you, you said carefully selected emails or something to that nature. Mm-hmm. So in other words, you, you wouldn't deploy this technique uh, as the footer for want of a better word, of every email. Are you manually picking these people based upon certain criteria that you've put in your own head? Like, okay, I've got a strong relationship with them. I really trust them. Uh, I trust them to to say the right thing and and be an advocate for me in a way that I would like. Or are you are you kind of much more autoresponder about it? No, it's all automated. Everybody's going to get this email and so on. So, yeah. Uh... I'm I'm guessing you're referring to the PS that yeah. I'm attaching at yeah. the bottom, right? Yeah. So the I do not do it on every single email okay. and it is semi-automated. Yeah. So <laughs> uh to that's just the longer winded version of it depends. But <laughs> but what 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 it is is so we all have clients that we love to work with, the types of projects, the types of clients, those sort of things. So what happens is is that you only want to put this PS, which you're asking for a referral on into communications with those types of people, right? Because what happens is, is businesses surround themselves with like-minded individuals and like-minded businesses. So if you're working on a project that you can't stand and you dread working on and, or even just the person, like you just don't vibe with the person, mm. then don't go ahead and ask them to send their friends because it's just going to be the same, right? So you want to first identify who it is that you want to get referrals from. Mm -hmm. Second is is that, yes, I am selecting specific emails. I don't put it on every single email because what happens is if it's on every single email, then they get blind to it, Mm -hmm. right? Just like we look online, we're blind to the sidebar, we're blind to ads, because we're seeing them all the time in the same spaces. So... I don't want that to happen to these specific one-liners that are going into my emails. So I will look at specific emails that I'm sending and then throw this PS on the bottom of them. It's maybe every fifth or seventh okay. email. Right. That's interesting, right? yeah. Just saying it was interesting. Is it quite a lot, actually. One in five, I, I thought maybe it would be far less frequent than that, but that's quite interesting. Yeah, because so it's going to a lot of people like, hey, I've tried this before and it doesn't work. Well, yeah, if you send out this 15, 20 times, you may not get anything back. But Mm. all you need is just that one time to happen. And then it's thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars in revenue into your business, potentially for what, an extra two minutes Mm. right? that you attach on the bottom of an email. So for me. I send emails, you know, like I said, I always have at least one email that goes out to a client every single week. Um, We have launch emails. We have feature deployment emails. I take a look at all of those emails that are going out, and then I decide which ones those are going to have those specific asks on. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So it is a, it's a very, it's a not labor intensive. That's the wrong word, but it's not automated. There is a process by, by which you you vet them based upon your own criteria. That's good. This is sort of slightly going off piste, I think, but I think it's quite an interesting segue just for a minute. Do you do you kind of think that the the fact that word of mouth is so powerful, um, and and yet. Uh, the the real world communications uh, seem to be opposed, shall we say, to a lot of the technologies that we're building. So we're building, uh, as a society, we're building all these automated systems. Um, you know, you don't need a human being to to find anything out anymore. You don't need to research in an encyclopedia because Google can do it for you. You don't need <laughs> to write letters because and communicate with your clients because your CRM will do it for you and your autoresponder will do it for you. Do you think that the word of mouth is so powerful just because it's the antithesis of that? It's real, actual people exchanging real actual time with each other i think that plays into it for sure because i mean look business isn't new Mm. right all of these things that you mentioned are Uh, but if you think about what you know back in the day when somebody just went 
you know, walked out and bought vegetables from the grocery cart at the corner, you know? And so, you know, it was, Hey, where'd you get those? Oh, over here. Right. And so business is, is not new and it has been the same for growing your business in an, an organic way for centuries, if not millennia at this point. So the thing is, it's, it's, I look at it like, I think a lot of people want the mom and pop experience, mom yeah. and pop shop experience, yeah. especially when they go and hire a freelancer, a solo operator, or a small agency, right? Because I've had leads tell me that they much rather work with me than a full-blown big-scale agency. They just feel the experience is better or that they're working with me knowing that I'm the person that's actually working on their project. So from that case, they'd love the experience, right? They told me that. And so how can I create that experience in a way that just amplifies that, right? And so for me, I think that the, the, the personalized, uh, you know, communication, whether that is automated or, you know, from your own hands, whether it shows up in their, their virtual inbox or physical inbox, I think all of those things play into it. Just even in automated emails, be human, yeah. right? Not, which is what I'm all about. I automate as much as I possibly can. Um, but you know, when I when those automated messages come out, it's still my voice. Yeah, it's just a point in time that I know that it's going to happen. Like my onboarding sequence. Like I have a, a email that's in my onboarding sequence that goes out 20 days after we've started working together, just checking in with them to say, hey. We're almost at a month. Just wanted to know if you have any questions. Yeah, I think that's really kind of like a very powerful observation. The sort of mom and pop store bit kind of really rings home to me. Um, even though I'm browsing online in amongst international brands, I, I still kind of want to not buy from Amazon. I still kind of want to buy from the guy <laughs> down the road, even though sometimes the pricing is uh, is slightly right. different. Yeah, you you mentioned earlier about these kind of five pillars, is mm -hmm. what you called it. It feels like maybe we've touched on possibly a couple of them, but if mm -hmm. not, uh, if you can go through those, that'd be interesting. Sure. Yeah. So the five pillars is one I mentioned, I mentioned two of them, the PS and the yeah. warm outreach. Yeah. I touched a little bit on the milestone happiness, um, vendor relationships and following up. Now, all of those things are kind of, they all cross breed each other, but it, they're very strategic in where I put them into the business. Right. And so, you know, I, I touched upon the milestone happiness and that's more of just Hey, instead of just sending an email on your launch of your website or feature or whatever, which is what a lot of people do, think about the client. You know, before we jumped on the call here is that, you know, you said, hey, I, you know, I share a bottle of wine, right? Mm -hmm. So if, you know, and I shared a story with you that, you know, I had a client who loved baseball. So I got him and his son baseball tickets, mm -hmm. right? When that milestone is reached, Think about the client and their what you know about them and create that experience for them, right? Mm. Rather than, hey, there's an email that is also the same email that you get from me every other day, right? So yeah. this is a milestone. It's supposed to be special. It's supposed to be uh, unique in the course of the engagement, right? And so make it such. Make it something that's a little bit more of a, a moment in time for them. Vendor relationships, that's really just, you know, that was not strategic until I saw that it needed to be, right? But for me, it was, hey, I'm working with, you know, in the WordPress space, there's plugins that you use on a daily basis. People may have relationships with the plugin developer or not. Um, you may have relationships with their support teams or not, right? Just think about, especially in the support world, right? They're human beings on the other side of that chat widget, right? So don't just be patient with them and be nice to them, essentially. Be human, right? Realize that if you're having a problem, um, chances are they know about it. Yeah. But, you know, just be human and mm -hmm. create, you know, a nice sense of an experience rather than just jumping down their throat and saying, hey, why isn't this working? I need this working. My client, blah, 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 right? Like that's kind of what we 
knee jerk too. Mm. That's our reaction to that. Mm. Um, but just in the drip and convert kit world where I've sort of shifted my business a little bit more, yeah, email is important to my clients and things, but just while I'm interacting with those support teams, I know that Evan from Drip, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other people from ConvertKit have referred me work mm. just because, and from their support team, not necessarily, you know, sales and marketing of those those companies. It's literally the support team who field the questions that they get from their customers every single day. So you know, same thing in the WordPress world with plugins and things of that nature, once you interact with the support team, create that experience there. Just, it's a relationship. Yeah. You're gonna be using those products. So, you know, allow the opportunity to naturally happen. Yeah, I think that's both of those points, you know, the milestones and the vendor relationships. Just touching on the, the vendor relationships one, I, I, I've, how many times, I'm sure that people who are listening to this can equally um, feel that this may be something that they've done. You've got to the end of, uh, let's say, the end of a project and you've handed it over and you've you've literally taken no time to do the human thing, which might be to, to make that phone call or to to some way make it seem special. And, and instead what you've done is you've put something so brief, so perhaps even templated together and just fired it off because to you it's just another point, it's just another thing task that you need to get off your your list and Mm -hmm. yet the experience of that from the other end is so bland and uninteresting you've you've turned what could have been a golden moment into a really depressingly banal moment (laughs) and um and it it would be right so it's not easy to do because you have to snap yourself into that but on Mm -hmm. the moments where i've tried making a difference it has absolutely paid dividends you know i've made an actual phone call and and gone through the website launch process with them you know hand-holding it definitely makes a difference but the the milestone one also that's i think that's really ingenious because i've it never really even occurred to me they were milestones to me they're in my um system as okay i want to get to this point and then i'm going to either receive some payment or i'm just going to you know tick that off as finished and then move mm-hmm. on to the next one and you know wipe my brow and be thankful that i've managed to pull it off but the the opportunity at that point to turn that into a meaningful experience for the customer, I, I just think that's that's really cool. I'm just wondering if you've got any insights of the kind of things that you could do at those moments because I'm kind of drawing a blank. I'm thinking I could I could maybe phone them up. the The idea of giving a bottle of wine to me that that feels like quite a nice thing to do. But you know, you mentioned giving away some some baseball tickets. I, I just think they're amazing. But I suppose some people will say, oh, but that, that's quite costly. The time mm-hmm. thing is, it has no cash value attached to it, just just time. But um, yeah, wondering if you've got any thoughts about, about what make what would make good milestone treats for want of a better word. Yeah, I mean, if you're if your clients a coffee or tea drinker, good point instead of instead of sending them a gift card to Starbucks, which maybe $25, maybe $20, even less, order them just a, a, a coffee or tea, mm-hmm. right? Like the actual thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. making more work for them to go out. Maybe they don't even like Starbucks in the first place, but just create that moment. It could be, uh, you know, anything from, I, I always try to c- kind of take it from the client's perspective. Like what is their interest, right? And the milestone, obviously, look, if if it's a milestone where you get a payment of a few thousand dollars, you know, I look at it like I could spend 50 or a hundred dollars to give back to this person, right? Like mm. I just look at it from that perspective to say, Hey, look, if there's a way in which it just creates that moment in time for them, that's important to them. And it actually is meaningful to them. Uh, it goes a long way. If they have a logo, I, you know, you could create custom stickers yeah. for them, right? There's yeah. plenty of those types of services out there. Um, you know, custom coasters for their desk you know like look at some of these custom type of things that um you know and see what could be important to them right like especially on like the launch right like you know the baseball tickets thing happened at launch right so that was a little bit more of an investment on my side celebration yeah but you know just even on just like hey this was a big problem i knew that you know, as a developer, a lot of the things that I build in are 
helping manual processes and saves a boatload of time. So what I'll do is I'll say, hey, you know, I'll find a good restaurant in their area, let's say, and say, hey, I just saved you 10 hours every single week. Go spend 10 hours (laughs) at lunch, right? Like, um, and so just, I try to take it from the perspective of the the individual that I'm working with to try to see what could be memorable for them. Yeah, I just think that's really nice, very human. Um, Also, the minute you mentioned tea at the beginning, it got my, I I was immediately starting to think, how would I know that they drank tea? Um, But I, I presume you, you kind of, you're asking these questions. My bottle of wine that I would give away was a generic thing because my experience is that most people cherish a mm-hmm. bottle of wine. They quite like it. So in that sense, it, it requires very little effort on my part. Bottle of wine, there you go, job done. But now I can see that that's a little bit more more thoughtless than it should have been. Do you do you actually somehow extract this information from your clients <laughs> about what they like? You know, kind of probe them as you're doing the project and well, see what they see what they might like as a gift going forwards. See. I hate small talk. Yeah, yeah. So I use small talk in that research. Interesting. Capacity, right? And so for me, I have my the way that my business works is we have a weekly scrum call, I call it. And it's not the agile scrum methods and all that. It's just basically a touch point every single week for yep. 15, 20 minutes. We go over the tasks uh, that we did and what's up next week, right? And so during that call, I learn a lot about things. Oh, sorry, I'm two minutes late. I went to grow go grab a cup of coffee, Got bingo, it. there yeah. you go, right? Um, and like, hey, how was your weekend? I pay attention to what they say. What do they keep saying? What is important? If they say that they went to a networking event every other weekend, we went to this conference, went to that, okay, obviously their professional world is very important to them. But if they say, yeah, we went apple picking with the kids, we, you know, we took a day trip with the family, you know, those sort of things, then family is important to them, mm. right? So I, I just pay attention to the two, three minutes of chitter chatter at the front that yeah. then, then I just make note of that and I say, okay, yeah, this is what they did. So that then when I do reach those milestone points, I could say, okay, let me look, let me kind yeah, of yeah, piece yeah. things together yeah. and come up creatively to give them something that's uh, unique. Uh, do you know what I I I am I know that this will work simply because I, I see it in Facebook. People post photos of the actual stuff, which has completely right. surprised them. It's like, look, somebody sent me a. Oh, it, actually, one thing I'm thinking of is somebody had carved a piece of wood, and I can't remember if it was their company logo or something, but they'd had mm-hmm. a piece of wood which they could just hang on their wall, and it was, you know, it was a thing. It was a real object, and it's so so taken aback were they that they posted this. On Facebook, and the person that I'm thinking of doesn't post stuff like that on Facebook, right. so it was clearly a, a a unique moment. And what else it teaches me, I think, is that it's still not being done a lot. So there is great yeah. scope for impressing people because if it suddenly became that everybody did this, then its value diminishes greatly. But if Absolutely. if you're the only person doing it, its value is tremendous and i would like that i would like it if somebody you know (laughs) sent me a piece of wood with my logo on it because all right i didn't ask for it i may not necessarily need it but it was just nice absolutely i mean i got i got uh and the reason why i mentioned coasters before because i'm looking one of my logo on it right and so every time i i put my water on there or my a coffee mug on there i think of that person, that individual who gave me that. And so it's just just that moment in time that, you know, hey, look, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, and I do like the bespoke nature of of it as well, you know, because a great thing in the sort of like the 1980s and 70s in this country was that people at Christmas time would receive free calendars from the companies around, and it was right. thought that that was a bit a bit generic and a bit meaningless because there was no personal <laughs> touch to that whatsoever. But if you clearly demonstrate that you've done something out of the ordinary and it wasn't ticking a box in in an amazon shopping cart and pressing pay now it was mm-hmm. actual thought actual time actual endeavor that probably counts way more yeah i mean you know to be honest with you when i first started out it was just you know at the end of the year i was writing out holiday cards right right and people were like this is i've never got this from a contractor before mm and yeah. it, what did it cost me? The cost of a stamp, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and maybe the cards, right? And so that wasn't a lot, but you know, you 
if you start somewhere, like you said, it's not done all all over the place. Mm-hmm. And now that the freelancer world uh, is starting to the freelancer market rather is starting to become more widely accepted in business and people are using freelancers and contractors, the small agencies a lot more than they did 10, 15 years ago, you're going to have to try to stand out. And Mm -hmm. how do you stand out? And that is basically injecting your own personality and creating experience for your clients. Yeah. Have you ever come across services like um, Bongiorno and Dob and things like that, which kind of offer you the capability to send I mean, obviously, a bespoke video is is an easy thing to do, but this makes it even more easy. So you can just essentially click a button on your computer, it records you, and then you add your email address and it just sends them the video. I've used that quite a bit, but that's normally been um, at the point of I've won you as a client and I haven't really deployed it as a milestone thing or in any, you know, in, in any way like that. Yeah. So I use Bonjuro pretty heavily yep. in my business. Yep. Um, I do that for a lot of different spots of when somebody comes into my business. One, I, you know, when somebody hops on my newsletter list, um, you know, this is more for the developer and designer who's trying to learn a little bit more about the other aspects of the business, not their skills. Um, kind of like what we're talking about today. Uh, when somebody jumps on my newsletter list, they get one. Really? Uh, wow. So, good for you. That is impressive. <laughs> it's not, it's not always immediate, but it might be a few days later, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I, you know, obviously there's depends on how busy I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, I try to get just about everybody and, you know, as they move through with, you know, what they're checking out, what they purchase from me, things of that nature. Yes. I, you know, there's longer ones and shorter ones and, you know, it's, it's all, automated in the sense that I get pinged through Bonjuro to say, hey, this person took this action and then create a video. Um, and so, you know, I, I like that touch. Mm. I think that's, you know, for me, I, <laughs> in fact, I had a gentleman come on my list. I think it was about a week and a half, two weeks ago. I sent him a Bonjuro. He sent me one back. <laughs> we went back and forth two or three times. Nice. Um, and while it was, it probably we could have, tried to figure out a time and place to have a 15 minute chat. Yeah. This is said and done in a matter of a few days and we learned a lot about each other. And yeah. so it was pretty cool to use that in a way that's, you know, a little bit smarter, smarter and, yeah. and creates that level of engagement that I think a lot of people are, are wanting. Yeah. I think that just, just distilling it, that kind of sums it up. It's that level of engagement that people are wanting and the, the real world, seemingly is a is a thing which is growing more and more distant as the as the years go by everybody's kind of sucked into their automated systems and their facebook and you know slack channels and all of that and stepping out just for a moment and doing something normal traditional this kind of thing that you could have done a thousand years ago communicating <laughs> with your voice is is really is really interesting and and turning that into a marketing channel is uh it's just such a such a, a no-brainer thing to do. Um, Jason, we're out of time, so I'm just going to ask you if it's okay. Feel free to alert us to your, you know, your website or Twitter handle or whatever it is that you yeah, you feel is the best place for us to reach out to you. Sure. Uh, you can go to my website, res, that's with three Zs, dot com, or I'm always open to a conversation. I'm on Twitter, uh, at res. That's probably the social platform that you go going to find me being the most responsive to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook is something that I rarely open up if, mm-hmm. if I do, <laughs> um, but, uh, LinkedIn is also a way, uh, you can find me too. You can find me Jason Resnick there. So is your Twitter handle also with three, I'm going to say Zs, that's what we say here. (laughs) Yep, yep, absolutely. Okay, Uh, thank you so much. That was a really interesting talk about something that I I have been totally schooled on. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And uh, this this was a pleasure and I was honored to be here. 
Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. It was very nice chatting to Jason Resnick. As I said at the top of the show, very nice to have the kind of human touch brought back into it. And some of it, as he said, is semi-automated, but a lot of it requires you to do a little bit of spade work and to actually do some purchasing of items and going out and talking to people and all of that. And I think maybe we've lost that. Obviously, at the moment, we're in this kind of lockdown period, and I think people will be very interested to return to this once all of that is over. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by WP and Up. One in four of us will be directly affected by mental health related illness. WP and Up supports and promotes positive mental health within the WordPress community. This is achieved through mentorship, events, training, and counselling. So please help enable WP and Up by visiting wpandup.org. Right, I hope that we see you at some point during this week. We will obviously be back next week for a Thursday podcast. But don't forget, on a Monday, we have two things. Every Monday at 7am UK time, I release the WP Builds Weekly WordPress News. It's about 25 to 30 minutes of me explaining everything that I've discovered about WordPress in the previous week. And also at 2pm UK time, I'll be joined by some notable guests to talk about the WordPress Weekly News. And that will be live It's a video thing, so you can join us at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. So there's tons and tons of things happening. But, you know, if you can't make it, no worries. If you can, great. Maybe we'll see you here next week. As always, I'm going to fade in some cheesy music. And this week, it is an absolute slam dunk for cheesiness. The cheesiness is literally oozing out of the sides. I hope that you enjoy it. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.